Craft Beer Radio, episode 513, on September 23rd, 2023. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I am Jeff Bearer. I'm Shannon Bearer. I'm Greg Weiss. And we're back again this week. This is almost like old school, old style show, because we're kind of focusing on Oktoberfest. It's the literally Oktoberfest right now. We should mention that that was Iron Lung by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, who was recommended to us in our Discord by Marinus. Yes. And then uh, kind of why I went and had Shannon. Shannon was out. So I'm like, can you stop and get some Oktoberfest? It's because one of our listeners on our Discord, Greg, was showing pictures of himself today at Oktoberfest. So, so, so. Before I made the purchase, I did stop at Starbucks and get the famous pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice latte. PSL. Yes. Right, the first so one for the season. These Oktoberfests are all uh, in cans. They're all, three of them are local, and one is Sierra Nevada, which is the one we're going to start with. So no German Oktoberfest in the show, unfortunately. And let me ask about the pumpkin spice latte. Could you get the same experience just by putting some nutmeg and cinnamon and stuff into a regular latte or was there something like distinctive about the the pumpkin spiciness of it that was better than like say you can make make it home just well, by pouring in some first off i don't make lattes here at home so okay but sure. i couldn't really give you a good answer to that All right. <laughs> fair enough the mcrib is back <laughs> oh <laughs> gross <laughs> All right, so which one is it? Said this Sierra Nevada. is Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. All right, so this is a collaboration with Curvider. Uh, I assume that W is a V. Uh, that's just an assumption. Uh, their mutual passion is fused fest beer. Now, I would say this is... Very golden. So there's a... It's that copperish golden... I was looking into this because there is the Martzen style and there's Fest beer, which is kind of a lighter Martzen. And this looks more like Fest beer. Yeah, this one's like a straight up gold color. Um, very clear. Uh, thinking of those pictures that Greg posted today of Polliner Oktoberfest, right? It was way paler than like what I tend to think of as Oktoberfest, which is more of an amber kind of has ruby highlight kind of color to it. Yeah, close to like a Vienna, Vienna lager uh, in terms of the look and ingredients. The things and, warm up. Well, it's uh, a lager though. So it, I you mean, don't we want can to warm them up, but normally, you know, they're drink at a cooler temperature. Yeah. You want these to be pretty cold. So this is 6% 30 IBUs. And uh, yeah, warming up a lager is not always the best choice. It just, they, it's not that they, they're necessarily bad. It's just that they're, the crispness goes away. And so you lose some of that factor that makes sluggers. No, I get what you're saying. Every other beer we drink, we warm them up before yeah. we eat. So, or you drink them. So it's a habit, totally. Uh, but, you know, taste this one and whatnot. For the aroma I'm getting on this is this kind of sweet, chewy, um, like um, quick bread kind of like... Um, yeah, there's honey in there to me. Apricot. I can see that. Yeah, the, it, it's it's. Have you tasted it yet? No. The the taste is very bready. So so 
fruitiness is not something like, but I can see that, that the, the sweetness of apricots there, mm-hmm. like uh, there's a dried fruit sweetness in this. There's a lot of, there's yeah, the sweetness. Um, it is kind of fruity or floral, like there's mm-hmm. a floral sweetness to it, like a nectar or something like that. Very bready though. Like it's got very yeasty. Oh yeah. Now that I've tasted it. Very bread. It doesn't mean the smell of apricots is wrong. No, no, no I definitely all. smell apricots, but um, it's definitely bready. <clears throat> I like it. Pretty yummy. It's mm-hmm. it it's sweet, and the coldness prevents it from being cloying. I think that if this were to warm up, it would yeah. get cloying. Yeah, we want to stay a little bit crisp, you know, and because it has more of a malt backbone to it, yeah, it could. Um, Kind of get exactly what you're saying. Sweeten up and be a little too, a little too much, a little too thick to enjoy. Um, they say a punchy blend of German and American hops. I mean, the hopness is there, but I'm not. It was not on my mind until I even read that mm-hmm. because it's the bread, it's the yeast, and there's a bit of yeah, there's a bit of spice to kind of uh, lower. I mean, sort of to add some bitterness to lower the sweetness a bit, but yeah, Shannon and I had the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, there's a, the the spice isn't overpowering yeah. though, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I like the. I, I, there's so a, I wouldn't call it there's a nice though. balance <laughs> there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Shannon and I were a hitchhiker this week. Surprise, and had their <laughs> Oktoberfest, and it was too damn hoppy. Like. It was loud, like it was turned up to 11 or 12, and it was a fine beer, but it wasn't like, when I'm getting an Oktoberfest, I'm kind of looking for this kind of comfort memory, this thing, this something doesn't always have to be the exact same Oktoberfest, but it should be uh, typical for the style, Mm -hmm. right? And theirs was just so loud that I, um, like I didn't really think it made sense to buy a four pack of it to, to put on the show. We got a fruit fly buzzing around trying to get in our beer. And, uh, I'm trying to think what you, did you have opinions on the hitchhiker? Do you remember? Um, I liked it, but not for an Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. I just, I liked it in general. But if I was looking for mm-hmm. a, a real Oktoberfest beer, it, it's not. I I mean, it would definitely if that's what you were in search for or or in search of. I can't talk tonight. Um, then I think you would be disappointed. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, another brewery that uh, Shannon ordered it. it. It was one of those ones where I had blinders from back in the day. We were at a, a bar. Uh, there's several around Pittsburgh called Dive Bar. And we were there, and on tap, uh, there was Peak Organic Pilsner. And Peak Organic is a brewery that was making beer the first day Craft Beer Radio started back in 2005. <laughs> uh, they were widely available in Pittsburgh back in those heady days of where you could get, you know, 30, 40 different breweries at the bottle shop. And uh, it always left greg and i greg you might remember this you might not but it always left me disappointed like it always felt like it left something on the table um 
And we weren't sure if it was the brewery or if it was because of organic ingredients. And that sounds kind of counter today in 2023 when organic's been around for so long and usually means high quality ingredients, higher, you know, maybe not, but, you know, at least that's what marketing leads most people to think, right? And I can't remember ever really liking a peak organic. And Shannon ordered the Pilsner and I didn't even really notice it. I didn't give it, you know, any kind of consideration on the draft list because it was just, oh, it's just old pink organic, but it was fantastic. It was. <laughs> it was really, really good. So I don't know if better brewer, breweries trying harder, ingredients are better. I don't know, but I wanted to spend some time and just kind of a everyone listening who maybe doesn't pay attention to peak organic because they used to be ho-hum. Uh, try the pills and there are other things because it was really, really good. It was. And you were even shocked at the fact that I even, I ordered it in the first place. I, I was surprised <laughs> you ordered a Pilsner. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Not it, something I would typically order. Yeah, you, you're not in the habit of going to the loggers. Mm -mm. I'm barely in the habit of going to the loggers. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a habit for me. So uh, it's definitely been my go-to in, in the past year or so. It's been loggers. When I see them, I react very favorably towards a craft lager. Uh, Peak Organic is out of Maine. For those who are wondering, so maybe that's why <laughs> that's you like it so I much. Like it. Oh. <laughs> Shocker. Mm. Where in Maine are they? Portland. Of course they are. <laughs> well, shit. How come we didn't even notice them when we were in well, Portland? When we go back, um, apparently they have a farm out next there. month. Then next month. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're already going to be halfway cool. there. She, she keeps, she keeps like tentatively scheduling there. our next trip. Like, oh, don't you know we're going to Maine in three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think Pittsburgh gets cold, Maine gets, Maine is near like the Arctic. Yeah, I'm fine with that okay. because it's not bipolar. Once it's cold, it's cold. It stays that way. <laughs> Your body has time to adjust to it. Here? The weather's bipolar. Yeah. Well, it's 20 one day, and it's 45 the next, and then it's 36 and raining every day, except for four days in the winter, <laughs> where it drops back down into the teens. Yeah. And then it's back up. And occasionally every, I don't know, seven or eight years, there's a blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I just raised your gain a little bit, Shannon. I think you're coming a little oh. bit stronger now. So Cool. Just uh, do what you're comfortable with. Don't get on the mic because now you'll be too loud. So. Oh, okay. So you guys mentioned fruit flies, and that was brings me to a subject that I want to talk about, which is I recently started uh, growing uh, herbs in an arrow garden. Okay. So I don't know. Have you seen these? Either no. You? Is it? I don't think a hydroponic some? thing. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a tabletop hydroponic mm -hmm. about the size of a bread box. Um, and right now I am growing. Six herbs in it. It'll be hard to pay, play 20 questions with it if it's about the size of a bread box. <laughs> uh, and it's got a little light on it. And, and the thing is that it's hydroponics. So there's no soil to deal with. You're just water, a tank of water, uh, and a pump that pumps it. You give it food once every two weeks. There's a little thing of food that comes with it. Uh, and the light is on for 15 hours a day. And... It's working so well. I'm just, I'm so excited because this is a product that does what it says it will do on the, on the tin. After three weeks, 
everything was sprouting, everything was coming in. It's been six weeks, six and a half weeks. I have bountiful herbs. Nice. Uh, with the exception of one that the parsley is slow, but I think that's just the parsley is slow. Um, here is uh, here's my current wow herb garden, and you can see how wow that's you know it's impressive. And this is I'm someone with a brown thumb; I can't grow anything. <laughs> we should so, we should start one. And this is what it started with. This this was about uh this is about two weeks in two huh. and a half. We should start one. Okay. So okay. what happened was I got it. And so this was, yeah, this was like three weeks in. So you can see the growth that yeah. happens. Cool. Um, so these are uh, for people who can't see the pictures. Oh, it's about the size of a bread box. And then the plants, the seeds come in almost like K-cup sized things that I guess sit down in the water. Yes. Yeah, so there's like a, there, there's stuff. It's sort of a, a cone shaped thing that goes in, into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you keep adding water to it cause it, you know, these plants, especially as they're growing, they're going to drink up the water. Uh, every two weeks you add food, like I said, and, and in four weeks you dump out the water and put new water in. But that's the extent of anything that needs to be done. I, I got some, pr- some pruning shears that were like $8 on Amazon so I could do, do this necessary pruning because you, otherwise it just kind of grows out of bounds and you, you do want to prune it cause that encourages it to drink. To 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 grow okay. properly, um, but you just you just let it go and it does it does what it needs to do. The thing that I would say it's not a drawback, but it is something that you have to be aware of is that if you have a lot of plants like that growing in your house, you're going to get bugs. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a flea problem, or not flea, a little bit of a gnat problem, mm-hmm. and the way I've gotten around it the way I figured out how to get through it is because I had a problem. We had like, if I open a beer or something, there would be lots of flies going for it. Sweet and sugar. So I thought, okay, think like a pitcher plant. I got a little ramekin and put in water and like two tablespoons of sugar and just mix it up until the sugar was completely dissolved. So that's going to attract the, these bugs. And then I put one or two drops of dishwashing fluid yep. in it. Yep, that's exactly that's what, what he the does. That we make too, mm-hmm. and the uh, soap breaks the surface tension, mm-hmm. so the bugs get sucked right in and drowned. So it's perfect, and it worked so well. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. Let the magic of surfactants do their work. Mm-hmm. Yep, I. uh we had ants and I bought, you know, those tarot trap things and it wasn't getting rid of the ants. So then I looked online. I was like, oh, I got to buy something else. And I'm like, let's Google for DIY. And if you just mix, um, I think it's 50% by weight, sugar and borax and make a paste. It, and I made it once and it like wiped out the ants. So they were the little tiny ones. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. That reminds me that my parents are telling me that, they read online because uh, they had a, a problem with deer is hanging out mm-hmm. and eating their stuff. And what they read online was Irish Spring. They hate the st- scent of Irish I've Spring. I've heard mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's true. Apparently, huh? We like, should buy some <laughs> hang, hang some Irish it, yeah in the trees all Give around. It a shot. The... I remember when I was in ele- elementary school. I think it was one of those things you can probably relate, right? Where you're you're supposed to tell your parents to prep and bring something mm-hmm. in, you know, and you don't do it till the very last day. And we were doing soap carving in our class or something like that. And um, so I asked my mom for a bar of soap the very last time and we were an Irish spring household. Mm-hmm. And she was 
a mad that she had these the good Irish spring when she could have bought a bar of Dove or something. <laughs> and then everyone else had white soap and I was the only one with green soap. I felt like such a dingus, you know, like, you know, just one of the stupid elementary school things, right? Where you're right, yeah. the oddball and you just feel like you hate it so much. But the room smelled fresher because it of might. you, right? And then when I, <laughs> I, I didn't get the concept of carving, I guess, because what I, I, I carved like an eagle, but like a cookie cutter version of an eagle, right? right? Just yeah. so, just like straight down, like no three dimensionality or nothing. Oh, <laughs> so, well, elementary school, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. But so my parents, admittedly, what they say is that it's, um, it's all anecdotal, but because they're not like they have their cameras on there, but they used to notice deer and stuff hanging out. What's the matter? We haven't even introduced this beer, and we're still having oh, this fine. conversation. And he's smelling it. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> care. No, there's no protocol. Um, <laughs> um, my parents are so they yeah they say that they they used to notice deer just hanging out all the time, and now it's very rare that they even see a deer in there uh, around. Um, and so again, it's not like they're checking. But my theory is the Irish Spring doesn't necessarily like completely repel them, but it makes their place a lot less comfortable to be in than other places. Around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have to give it a try. We'll see. Yeah. Because it's always tick season mm-hmm. here. No, we not like we've noticed catching any, but uh, we could try putting some around the flowers in the spring when they bloom and see if they don't get eaten. That'd be <gasps> my tulips. Yeah. It'd be really nice. All right. So this next beer is Helltown Brewing Company here in the Pittsburgh area. Um, now this is a Martzen. You can tell the color right away, the color difference. It's much more amber. Uh, it's got... I have floaties. You have floaties, huh? I don't have any floaties. Have floaties. Yeah, it was a little chunky at the bottom of the can, so I tried to distribute them, but you missed out on the floaties. They're at Export, Didn't Pennsylvania. Floaties. They have Wait. a couple uh, different tap rooms. They have one right downtown. Um, Didn't they just open one in the strip? That's what I meant. Oh, by downtown. Oh, okay. And it's not technically downtown, but yeah, that's walking distance if you're. So all I got on this because the Helltown Brewery doesn't have anything on it, so I went to untap. This is six percent, six percent. I'll call my volume. The aroma on this one is uh, more sequestered than the last one. Um, it is bready. It's more like that white bread crust type time type of aroma where yeah. the last one was mm-hmm. more like. Um, quick bread, you know, cake kind of flavorings. So. Yeah, I haven't tasted it yet, mm. but this is it more doesn't like, smell as inviting as the last one. It's is a little bit of a deeper thing, a little bit spicier in the hop, but not like super like hoppy, um, but more like rye bread in terms of like maybe there's a deeper like molasses right. in there. Yeah. It's nice that it has that kind of spice to it, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just tasting like. Bread crust, like plain bread crust. The spiciness is, yeah, it's kind of bordering on rye. I think that's probably from like Noble Hops giving it the spiciness. I don't think this is that because I think you'd taste the rye if it was here. Mm. Um, but I'm just thinking of a darker bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty dry. Like compared to the last one, this one has a lot drier mid palate yeah. to it and finish. Mm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. 
It's definitely drier. Um, More what I... Yeah, it, it's kind of like a... You said the rye bread that the crust off of a mm-hmm. uh, of rye bread would be a good way to describe it, I think. Or if you went like really deep and dark with a with a regular white bread, you might be able to get a crust that was sort of like this. Mm-hmm. A lot of caramelization going on. Their marketing speaks spot on, though. This lager is a celebratory. This lager with a celebratory history is brewed with German tradition hops to create subtle notes of herbs and spice. A rich, bready aroma leads to sweet, uh, sweetly, a slightly sweet and malt-forward flavor, followed by a finish that is crisp and semi-dry. Yeah. So this, this isn't as yeasty as the other one. The other one no. had a lot of like a big yeasty bread type thing. Mm-hmm. I like this. It's just mm-hmm. very different from the last one. I kind of think I like this version more. I think I, um, th- not that the Sierra Nevada was bad at all, but I think that I, especially if I were to drink something more often than. Yeah. I mean, we only had four ounces, right? Yeah. So that one having that sweeter representation of it for a four round sample kind of like hits you quick and gets you like acclimated. Um, Think about drinking a liter of an Oktoberfest, right? Like, because they traditionally come in liter mugs. Um, this one might be better suited for the session, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I think another comparison might be this thing that we have <laughs> sort of in in waiting, Ugh. threatening us. <laughs> Let's wait on that. I don't okay. want to mess up my taste buds. All right. All right. It, it, it will all be revealed soon. <laughs> we should. I think we. I'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> one thing that I put in our like kind of ideas for sh- uh, conversation topics is kind of history repeating itself, mm-hmm. like ales preceding lagers, right? Um, in antiquity, right? Beers were ales for millennia until you know, like the 14th century or so when um, in Europe lager yeast was isolated and lager started being a thing. Right. So, I mean, we don't know when Pistorius, the the uh, breed of yeast that is used in lagers was came about. It could have come about as early as that, or it could, it could have been around in nature for a long time. It could have been just a mutation. Well, I mean, I think about it. It's pro I mean, I would assume that it is, in nature, but is outcompeted unless you isolate it and put it in the right condition, right conditions, right? So if you just have a beer that you're fermenting at ale temperatures and there's some fraction of lager yeast in there, it's going to be outcompeted, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when they started, you know, the evolution of, of lagering beer was probably not a single specific thing, but, you know, they were conditioning beer in caves and it was colder temperature. Different yeast was propagating at those temperatures, yeah. right? And then it was isolated and refined and whatnot. Um, it's more technology than, you know, just making ale because right. you can make ale just with spontaneous fermentation and all kinds of things. I guess the question then is if you were making ale like in Siberia, would you have found that it 
would tend to be more loggerish? That's a curious question. Um, it's a it's a very interesting question. I probably would think that if you weren't, I don't know, like there's intentionality and then accident, right? Mm-hmm. And like if it's not intentional, then you have this longer to produce, more materials intensive, you know, time intensive process. Um, but you know, it, a a scenario where it's the only way you get beer. You know, would be curious to, if we could, like, if a historian had that, um, you know, maybe in the Alps, you know, or yeah. something like. That. I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty apparent that people who would have been brewing in the in Siberia probably didn't keep good enough records for us to know. So, I, I would presume that brewing happened in the summertime, and they made gavas, yeah, things like that. Um, but like, so that was in, in antiquity, and then, you know, there's like in early colonial times, right? It was all ales. And then loggers took over at, you know, kind of post post prohibition. Once refrigeration became easier, I I think that both for early, like 1890s, like there was more refrigeration in terms of you were able to get a a supply chain for ice and stuff like Mm -hmm. that to where you were. Yeah. Uh, Or, or, or the infrastructure to dig mm -hmm. caves. Right. Things like that, um, where like in the 1700s and whatnot, you know, American beer was ales. German beers were lagers, but America didn't have the infrastructure to make lagers. And America's lower, right, than Germany is for most of it in in the mm-hmm. in terms of where it is on, on the world. So you'd expect it's going to be more humid and more. Right. So ales preceded lagers a second time. And then in craft beer, it's a different reason. Ales... I think there were several reasons that ales preceded lagers. Like ales turned faster and were less resource mm-hmm. intensive to make. So, and then I think a big part of it for you and I specifically, and probably a lot of people in our generation, is ooh, new flavors that's not in my dad's beer, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so we all gravitated towards ales. And I remember not liking lagers. I thought they tasted tinny or penny like or something like that. Uh, and then, you know, we finally learned to taste and enjoy lagers. The first lager I enjoyed was Great Lakes L8 Ness, which was a Vienna lager, kind of like Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, I learned that Sam Adams is a good one, too. Uh, but it wasn't very popular in craft beer. And now, like, it's the past couple years, right? It's crazy. It's, like, the thing. So that's, like, three times. It's not the thing. The thing is hazies. Well, okay, so... like. If you go to your average craft beer place, it's going to be hard. You're, you're not. You're going to have ten hazies on tap, maybe a lager. But lagers are surging right now. Good. Yeah. Definitely have noticed more lagers. Yeah, they're surging, and I mean, what one thing to think about though is that this is the time of year where lagers surge. No, I mean, over the past like year and a half, they've started the surge. I, I haven't noticed it. Okay. Well, we went to forty-two breweries in the past month. So, uh, <laughs> you, you have a, you have more of a seventeen days. You, <laughs> you definitely have a larger sample than yeah. I do. So. so, like the 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 thing that got me thinking about this is like, is there some kind of like what is it that it takes time, but it drives drinkers to prefer lagers? Like, I don't know. That, that's a little premature to say craft beer drinkers are going to prefer lagers, but. Like it's already happened twice before, 
you know, like in history? Like, is it going to happen again? Well, all right. So there's a lot of factors here. So I don't know how to answer that or how to even begin to try to answer it. Right. Cause I mean, first of all, I think, okay, well, it's just a pendulum swings back mm-hmm. and forth. Right. That, yeah. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Also a big part of, of the, a big part of the, how big loggers got was the industrialization of the loggering process by people like um, Anheuser-Busch. And understand and and making that into a commodity product, doing that large scale. I, I don't know whether it's cheaper necessarily to do it for loggers, but it's certainly what they landed on, and what a lot of you know the huge scale commodity beers. I can't think of one that's an ale. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's lager. Um, so there's something about if you take a wide enough drinking audience, they prefer lager flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that hasn't, if you take all of beer drinkers for the last 30 years, really hasn't changed at all. Right. I mean, Bud Light, Budweiser sells so much beer, uh, Bud Light used to sell a lot of beer. Um, it was more of just like, cause this. they went woke. Yeah, it was more of this whole thing was more of just this ponderous thought of like, like, almost like, you know, things want to get to their lowest energy state kind of thing. <laughs> like, like thinking of that, like, there's some kind of trend towards loggers. And there's this pendulum. And it, you know, goes back and forth. And there's revolution and this and that. But it, it seems that maybe it's more maybe pendulum is a better way to think of it. But it's like, you know, over history, it's at least three times where loggers have like taken an. I like, mean, the principle of least action should come into play. It's a universal principle, so it should manifest itself all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, all, all right. right. So now we have fat heads. Fat heads. Back to a festivier. Festivier. Yes. It is. So pale straw color. Hmm. Let's see this one. Not as bready on the nose at all. Yeah, this one has a little bit more of it's similar. It's more similar to the first one where it has a touch of like honey bread mm-hmm. versus wonder bread crust, you know, that kind of thing. And the colors kind of corroborate that as well. This one is 5% alcohol by volume, 25 IBU. And they call it a fest beer. They say it's Bavarian, Bavarian style. Bavarian style, yes. The variant style sauerkraut. <laughs> As you said that, I was smelling it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it has um, a, no, its intensity of aroma is tighter than the very first beer, um, but it does have that kind of sweet honey, kind of honey bread type thing. Okay, so just took a taste. In comparison to the other beers, it tastes almost sour. Really. I haven't tasted it yet. It has, it doesn't have the bready body to it. It has more of a cream ale type flavor, like a corn type thing. Thinner body, lower attenuation. It's probably corn. a little bit of DMS on this, speaking of something else that we yeah. can talk about. Corn type? What's, what do you got? I have not tasted it yet. Mm-hmm. Just on the nose. It's reminding me of the ones that we did a few 
month ago or whatever from Hill Farmstead. Okay. Like a Saison or something like that? Yes. You know, I mean, because it's so thin and dry and has a tartness to it, I could see where this is. It has a tartness to it because of what it's missing, not because of what it's, what's in it. It's missing a malt backbone. What's there is like a saltine cracker. It's got nothing else. So the hops become noticeable and it tends towards almost a sourness. Yeah, it. Thinking about other lagers, this kind of has a bit of like Italian lager type flavor with a body or a feel like with the thinner body, the kind of light malt. Very light. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not like that corn. I, I keep saying it has this corn thing, but it reminds me of kind of like Italian lager or something like that. It, it really doesn't taste like an Oktoberfest. Yeah, I don't think the corn thing is wrong. I do think like. I, I would say this is very drinkable. If you had this at a bar, you could you'd down it quick. Yeah. But if you're... It's only 5%. If so. you're comparing it to these other beers we've had, it, it's noticeably less than. Mm-hmm. I do like the tanginess, though. It, it's kind of like um, a thirst quencher, you know? The... Like if I'm drinking for the session at an Oktoberfest or something like that, at Fathead's Oktoberfest, um, <laughs> especially if it's a warm, sunny day, mm-hmm. that kind of tangy yeah. thing is pretty thirst quenching. I could see it having its place. Yeah, no, I, again, I don't want to overly insult the beer because it's not like there is bad flavors Are you getting here? like a lavender thing or something like that? Like this, like it's in the late aftertaste. I guess that's the hops, I think. Yeah, but it has this kind of floral. It does. Polony thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. I guess when my expectations are primed by the big sweetness, when I get this, it feels uh, so different that I'm my I'm having trouble adapting to it. It's because you're expecting an October mm-hmm. first. And it really doesn't resemble an October. No, it it really doesn't. If I had this at, you know, a brew pub, I would think it's getting infected. And I that thought didn't cross my mind until just now. Now I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But like, if I had this on tap at a brew pub, I'd be like, dude, your beer's infected. You know, the low or clean your your lines, low low attenuation, that tanginess. It 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 does have all the hallmarks of like a a dirty tap line infected Mm -hmm. draft beer. Yeah. Fine, but we do, do have better. a second can of this. Yeah, you we think do. it's worth trying a different can to see if it has a different? Did they come from the same place? Yeah. Then I don't think so. Yeah, they're probably from the same case. So, so only if there was a packaging with this can, but I mean, the seams not popped or anything. So, yeah. This uh, what's the date on this guy? Uh, July seventeenth. It's crazy. July, they're canning. I mean, that's October. when you have to have it you out. Gotta, you got to have it prepared. You can't just, if, yeah. if you do it two weeks before and then there's a mess up in your supply for whatever reason, all of a sudden you don't have a, a beer to sell. So I get it. You got to prepare, but uh, especially if you have a lot of distribution to do. So just kind of, I only posted this in because it's funny, but there's a start article about the James Webb Space Telescope that they uh, found tantalizing signs of 
possible life on a faraway world. And they, the spectroscope found DMS, mm-hmm. dimethyl sulfide, which is that kind of green bean flavor you get in beer. Usually, main culprit is if you don't chill your wort fast enough after you're done boiling. Uh, Rolling Rock made here in Pennsylvania, was famous for having tons of DMS because their brewery couldn't chill the wort very, wort very fast. So I posted this in the, the show. I should have posted it just in the general chat so people could have laughed about it. But I posted this in the show notes, and then my, my commentary was, they need to chill their wort faster. Yeah. <laughs> Got but, a whole planet of people that are making beer that aren't chilling their wort. For those who are wondering, I mean, this is something, this is the kind of stuff that I do look into when it happens. Um The the detection was at a pretty low sigma. It was like two point three, even lower than that. It was like well, so that's like a one in sixty six chance that it's just a fluke, and that's that's too big a chance. Mm. Uh, in in addition, there's kind of it's only it's data that's not released yet because because the James Webb Space Telescope the data this team had access to it, but the data takes a year for it to get fully public domain. So no one else did the analysis, and it, it was only analysis through I think one one band so and and it was a degenerate analysis in the sense that you other things could be could be making this signal it's not exclusively dms that can make this signal okay so there's a lot of reasons to think that this is not like it it would be a huge story were it true but still not necessarily tr- saying that life is there, just that DMS is there. But it is not at all, I think, to the point where you can say, yes, there's DMS in the atmosphere of this planet. All right. Trogs. So our last Oktoberfest, not our last mm-hmm. beverage this evening, but our last Oktoberfest is from Trogs. And, uh, 6.1% ABV. Awesome. Had this beer on draft yesterday, and it was fantastic. So that's part of the whole thing that inspired. We went Fespier Martzen, Fespier Martzen, because this is a Martzen. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, super duper clear. This one is has a more brownish tint to the gold compared to... Um, oh, I guess that was the first one, yeah. yeah. It was like... <laughs> um, yeah, so we went from gold to amber to gold to amber dark gold. This is more dark gold to me. I I think that I see what you're saying. Okay, amber, I see what you're saying. I but I, I'm not going to fight not, over it. I'm not dying know, on this hill. It's it's, uh, it's more Martini. Okay. Uh, this is Hillertau tradition and Pilsner Munich malts uh, as. Shannon said it's six point one percent alcohol by volume. Smelling this guy, beautiful, very bready. You get the breadiness. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that that Wonder Bread crust flavor, but there's more malt character. Yeah, as opposed to the closed off aroma from uh, was it the Helltown or was it mm-hmm. Helltown yeah. was pretty closed off, and so was the Fatheads. Yeah, this one's very open. It's got a lot of breadiness to it. I mean, this is kind of right smack dab in the middle, what I'm looking for mm-hmm. in Oktoberfest, right? There's uh, a f- moderately full body. 
there's sweet, pretty flavor up through it. It does dry off at the end, but it doesn't dry prematurely. Mm -hmm. So you can enjoy that kind of Vienna malt and Munich malt in there. And uh, another factor we didn't mention, though, just want to put in here is this has been sitting around the longest, so it means it's warmed up the most. Mm. So that may be why the aroma is more open, for example. Maybe it, it could be. I mean, it was also delicious beer, the two drafts that I yeah. had yesterday. So, <laughs> and I had one too. Did you? I think so. Cool. Okay, I ordered one. But this nails that, like you were saying. I ordered a lot of shit. That bit of, of <laughs> sweet, but not too sweet. Um, bready, but not yeast, overly yeasty. Uh, enough hoppiness to, to get down, but not to at all really influence the palate. No. Yeah. It's. This is the Trogues Oktoberfest. If you are in the Trogues market and can get this, get this. Pretty, it definitely get it. the Pretty best good. Oktoberfest I've had so far this year. And it is. Are we driving past there on our way? No. To Maine? No. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to the Catskill Mountain Maker Camp next week. I know. We can't, like. Well, I want to talk about Drive that through and not Hershey your, not your delusional dream that hit, we're going to move to Maine. No, no, no. <laughs> to hit, uh, drive through Hershey to get there. I mean, I, Do you I know want it's a, the trip to take longer than it has to. <sighs> There's breweries on the way. I got them mapped out. Don't worry. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So we are a couple a couple big developments, I guess, since the last show. We've talked about Proto Haven a lot. Uh, Currently, Shannon and I are no longer involved with Protohaven. Um, I resigned from the board. Politics and things. So there's that. Uh, I was doing a lot of wood turning, you know, mm -hmm. bowls and stuff. You got that awesome bowl. Uh, you want it back because now you need it. Like, no, in order to no, no, I don't need it back. Mm -hmm. No, keep it. It's, it's still part of the it's development. Still like the best bowl that I've made. That's so. why I'm like. Maybe you want it back. No, no way. I'm not going to take it back from you. I'll just have to make hundreds more until I can make another one that good. Um, I bought a lathe on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> okay. it's, it's a smaller one than the one at Proto Haven, but it's the I would imagine so. It's the biggest one that can run 120 volts. I'm happy with it so far. I've spent almost all day today out there messing around with it. Just today. Um, just today. I've well, done some other stuff, but all day today. <laughs> all day, today. Yeah. Um, then got, then I'm like, oh, okay, now I need a bandsaw so I can make bowl blanks. So got this great deal on a been a slippery slope, but it was such a good deal, sixty dollar <laughs> bandsaw. Yeah, and then I had to put forty dollars of parts in it, and now I have good bandsaw. I don't know. And I came home the other day, and they were six Amazon packages sitting there piled <laughs> up on the porch. But there's been deliveries every day this week. Yeah. <laughs> most are, most of them are cheap. But so um been, you know, got my own kind of shed cleaned up and my own wood shop, which is our, our wood shop. Kind of nice not having it's kind of like, you know, I was I was in a significant leadership role of like volunteer organization at Proto Haven. And it's been nice not having to put that time in. Um so anyway, there's all of that. And then um, we uh, met back up with the guy that we did our rings with, Craig, 
and he kind of reminded us about the Catskill Mountain Maker Camp. So this is up in upstate New York in the Catskills. Uh, he goes every year. Um, so we're going to go camping next week up there. And they have like on the weekend, they have these like when you buy your ticket, you can go and like learn how to weld or wood turn or all this other stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be pretty pretty cool. And then you hang out after the sun goes down. And- 7,000 people going. Bring your mushrooms. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Something around, somewhere yeah. around 7,000. Yeah. It's an insane amount. And Well, it's in New York, right? So all the weed is going to uh, be Yeah. Up. No, no. He was talking about how um, there's like, you know, weed farmers near there. <laughs> You know how, like, the serving size for stuff you can get, like, in Maine or whatnot, it's like 10 milligrams or whatever? Mm-hmm. He had uh, a candy bar. It was a 420 <clears throat> bar, so it was 10 <clears throat> squares. Each one was 42. That was, like, like the one that, that uh, I had, which oh, okay. is 35 each square. So 42 each square. <laughs> Insane. Mm-hmm. That's the medical marijuana. And he got it for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. The whole bar, not a square. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> From a yard sale. From a yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story. So, uh, yeah, we might be looking for the farmers up there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so that'll be fun. And uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about? I did but- want to talk about. So last time I was here, we did karaoke, which was a blast. I, it was so much fun. But I wanted to talk about the game that you sort of discovered and, and we used to, we ended up playing near the end, which was awesome. Do you remember? No. <laughs> I was three sheets to the wind by the time. <laughs> it was what? Three o'clock in the morning by the time we I finished that up that night celebrating with, your birthday? Yeah. <laughs> it was a late night. It was a late it night. It was. But normally you get tired and, and sort of lose a little bit. But Oh, I remember the game. Yeah. I chose what you had to sing, and we and went around the room kind of doing that. Then. What you do is you pick somebody that, that's an artist that you know the other person's going to like, but is also has lots of songs. So they're not necessarily going to want to sing the most popular song, but they can choose from the list. Mm-hmm. So they then get to choose what's the song that I'm – I'm going to nail. Like, I'm going to love to sing this song. So the idea is to sort of give somebody a a, a challenge in the sense of, here, here, this is the artist, find something. Mm-hmm. And, and if they don't find something, you give them another artist because you want them, the goal is you want them to have fun trying something that is not common. Yeah. And it was, it worked out because every one of us then just was like going up and, Pushing our limits. Yeah. <laughs> Going for it. I wore out my voice that night. <laughs> our poor neighbors. I sing hard. <laughs> well, they're far enough away. They probably couldn't hear you. Yeah. yeah. We're just paying them. That, it was a great game. I, even, I, I told my sister about it because she oh, yeah? thinks that she thought it was great too. So I think it, it was a great game to play. So if any of you like doing karaoke, uh, try this. It's a great method to just be like to bring out like especially if you know everyone's a little tired or something like that this mm-hmm. will bring out the excitement of doing the karaoke and the fun of it because you get people to do a song they really want to do not just not the song that everyone's heard before all right so our next beverage is 
Nitro Pepsi. Nitro Pepsi. Non-alcoholic, I might say. Listen to that. Yeah. Yes, it was. So this is a... I think I need to rinse my glass for this because... I don't know. I would like, well, no, I really don't. Just it's... like Guinness, you know, except it's Pepsi with a little nitro widget, so it should be creamy. It's Pepsi. And I don't know. I mean, so... All right. So, okay, no, so uh, it's everyone needs to know... That... First of all, no, no, let me talk. Let mm-hmm. me talk. I need everybody who's listening and is on our Discord. Pepsi or Coke? Just let's vote. We should Pepsi do the Pepsi Coke. challenge. The Pepsi challenge. I want to know. I strongly believe the Pepsi challenge only works because you're tying tying a little bit, mm-hmm. and when you're tying a little bit, the sweeter thing will tend to win. Um, but over a, a whole drink, I think you're going to much more is, appreciate. Is Pepsi sweeter? Yes. Okay. It, a it lot. Is straight up sugar water. It's disgusting. I mean, both of them are straight up sugar water. But well, at yeah, least, but Pepsi at least Coke got, has like nutmeg and things like that yeah. to kind of. So you're a Coke person. If I had to choose. Yeah, me too. I won't even drink Pepsi. I don't know why I'm smelling it. Well, I don't (laughs) drink soda that often. No, it's all about the mouthfeel. Tastes like flat Pepsi. Why am I smelling it? It does taste like flat Pepsi. Why do I want that? I don't know. This is making me burp on air. (laughs) All right. So Nitro Pepsi tastes like flat Pepsi. That's, Mm. That's just gross. I... Oh... That's just sugar water. All right, Shannon, can you go dump those or the glasses? <laughs> you I'm, bought I'm, that I'm, shit. I'm stuck here. I'll make... Oh, are you? Oh, come on. Fine, you, I'll squeeze out. You, but if I, make I a even bunch of tasted noise... it. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Why aren't I tasted it for you? It's foul. I don't... <laughs> like, I get the idea of draft cola in the sense that you know, you sometimes the fountain yeah. tastes better than than a can to uh-huh. some people. It does, but yeah. that's not nitrous. <laughs> that's still carbon dioxide. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I saw it and I'm like, well, that's a kill. <laughs> that's no, a kill. I don't think that uh, oh, that doesn't it, count. <laughs> it don't count. That oh, we're not, not going to put that on the kill list. It, it's not. No, because <gasps> it's too easy. All right, so we have our next beer. Well, I'm writing F. Perhaps our last beer. Uh, This is one we picked up on the Cellars Tour at Allagash. This is Allagash Interlude from 2014. What? We're opening that? We should wait until 2024, so it's an entire... Eh. 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 Ah! I'm crying. My soul is being crushed. There it goes. See, I feel... There it's gone. It's only a few months away from 2024. This can't be the only soul-crushing thing that happened to you this this week. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You're right about that. So 9.5%. Uh, This is interlude ale aged in red wine barrels with Brebeniases. Wait, what? Say that again. Ale aged in red wine barrels with redomoniases. Redomoniases is a type redomoniases of that bacteria that they wasn't a, that the a, one that they yeast. it's a yeast. Oh, it's a yeast. That's right. It's oh. yeast. But wasn't it the one that they actually discovered? No. Oh no, it's a yeast Which that they no, they do have a yeast that they discovered. It's called um, it's a Portlandia or Portlandius or something. I can't I have to look I it up. Can't remember. Bread is what you don't want if you're if you're making wine. Bread is like the the killer for wine. I don't know necessarily why. 
But um, that being said, there's a Spanish wine that we've been getting at the liquor store that is fantastic, and it has bread in it. <laughs> Which one? That Spanish Tempranillo with oh, the red. Mm-hmm. So this also has a saison yeast in it. Are you okay over the there? No, it's a freaking Pepsi. Is it? <laughs> Ugh. Took one sip. Caramel. Uh-huh. I, so did I. And yeah, I can still taste it. Caramel malt, red wheat, Pilsner malt. It's hops are with nugget and strissel spalt. Strissel spalt. Mm-hmm. What's a strissel spalt? Somebody tell me. It's a German hop. Okay. I've never heard of it. I think it's a noble hop. Yeah. It's... One of those ones that you see in German lagers that yeah. are kind of non-distinct in their flavor. Um, also sort of be spiciness, used. not really much else. But Nugget's a strong one, so Nugget's an interesting one to have in here. Uh, it also has, we said the yeast is Saison and Barbanices, and the spices and other has turbinado sugar in it. Uh, which is just to give it probably just a little bit extra uh, body. And small portion of 20-month-old interlude. Smells like a really sour. Yes. So twenty months. So that twenty month old dinner is already more than ten years old. So yeah, yeah. Did it? We should, still should have waited until. Oh, it's 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 not yeah. only it's October twenty fourteen. Huh. I didn't realize it had a month on it. Oh, so see. Yeah, we should a whole been. another year. We should have nine and ten aren't all that different from each other. I have 11 would be more interesting because it's prime. <laughs> All right. The aroma on this one is a little bit of that funky Brett aroma is coming out. Oh. There's kind of this oaky wine barrel thing, too. There's a fruit that's strawberry. Okay. Do you, are you. you guys getting a hint of strawberry? Because I'm getting a hint of strawberry. I'm getting a hint of something. More grape than mm. strawberry. I'm tasting, or I'm not tasting. I haven't tasted it yet. Actually, know. when you move on to the flavor, it's kind of like I'm underripe cheating. strawberry. Is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Or it's a mix between tart strawberry, underripe, and like strawberry lollipop. Yeah. So, or, 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 or Starburst, like strawberry Starburst. There's totally in there. It reminds me of back in the band high school band days and we at the strawberry festival in plant city florida when i worked in the band booth and we made strawberry shortcake day in and day out for everybody that's what i'm smelling that's why i smell the strawberry yeah it's definitely tastes like those pink little chews from starburst really oh yeah i mean it's not the only thing it tastes like but it's in there for sure oh it is Mm mm-hmm my favorite ones, too. Ooh, I like this. But then it goes a different way. <laughs> um, because it's it's more tangy than it is sour, first of all. Um, the Brett is noticeable, but not, like, overwhelming, but it's giving it the... That uh, tip of the tongue kind of thing. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's a little bit. It takes away the deeper notes. It's very, it's, I taste a lot of tannins at the end. Yeah, that's the red wine barrels, I bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
there's oaky and there's oaky and and red wine notes that are all being kind of forced into submission by the Brett, so you don't get the deeper notes of those. You just get sort of the mm-hmm. top notes. I'm getting baking spices too. Like this is running a bit of like a, a mold cider or something like that with cardamom and allspice and anise allspice. and stuff like that. I'm mm-hmm. getting like a almost like a the flavors from like a mm-hmm. cider. Well, it's yeah. got that turbinado sugar in it, right? So it's mm-hmm. got more molasses. Yeah. Okay. This is yummy. It is. I like ye. Greg, have you ever heard of earthquake lights? Yes. Yes, I have. What? I had just heard about these for the first time after the earthquake in... Peru, right? No, not Peru. Morocco? Morocco, yes. Um, So, for people who don't know, there's this phenomenon that's not well understood, at least as far as I know. Maybe Greg knows more. Uh, that, like, preceding an earthquake or during an earthquake, like, you'll get these, like, lights and... It, it's almost like you would think maybe they're transformers exploding or something like that, but they're not. I guess they're kind of like ball lightning sometimes. Uh, I, I think it's very important to know whether it's preceding. It is preceding. It is preceding. It's preceding, but just barely. Not like, oh. not any time that you can. Because of I mean, if it was like uh, no seconds. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a shame. So and and also not visible during the day. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the reasons why it it was hard to confirm is is. Nighttime earthquakes, it's not like there's the kind of surveillance before that there were that there is now. And you might tend to forget if there's lights and a big earthquake happens, you might tend to be more have more important things to do than remember, oh, there were some weird lights in the sky. But my guess is this is just a guess. This is not anything like that you should take into consideration is like a real thing, but those piezoelectric properties of the ground as it's being compressed, mm-hmm. which is going to cause currents and it's going to therefore cause releases of plasma, probably like lightning going up as opposed to going down, even though most lightning does sort of go up, yeah. but no, the, the piezoelectric effect was something I was thinking about too. So for people who don't know the little sparker, in a lighter, like a grill lighter, like the one, either mm-hmm. ones you press on the grill or the ones that are kind of wand shaped and you pull the trigger and it goes snap. Uh, that's a hammer hitting a crystal. Yeah. And that impact on the crystal makes an electric current. That Briefly, but enough to give that little it's spark. It's not, I, I used to think that there was some kind of transformer in there, some kind of, some kind of magnet moving through a coil. Like that's what I, how I thought the spark was made, mm-hmm. and um, no, it's it's a you're it's just, a hammer hitting a crystal. You're putting a crystal under stress, uh, and that stress causes the electronic configuration to change enough uh, on a large enough scale that you're creating a temporary voltage difference, which then gives you a burst. Yep. So I was wondering. And the, cause the article I read really didn't get into that part of it, um, but it seemed like that. You, that's your guess. That was kind of my gut too. Mm-hmm. Is that it's what you don't see it all the time. The geology has to be right for it to happen. 
you know. And, and you need to have a large amount of stress to have a noticeable mm-hmm. thing. So you need an earthquake. You need that kind of stress on the rock to make something visible to a large number of people. Mm-hmm. Speaking of voltage differential, I was watching some Alpha Phoenix on YouTube. Okay. And he did a really neat one about um, used water to to kind of as an analog for voltage and amperage and things like that yep it was but there was one part he didn't cover like that i thought he could have you know he had so much material but he made this little water trough with um you know gates and when the gate is small it's a resistor and voltage is shown by kind of the slope of water as it goes through the channel and the channel should be careful it's water plus gravity yeah right yeah yeah okay Yes, but the channel's narrow enough that the surface tension of the water keeps it from equalizing right away, mm-hmm. so it helps analog that. But, you know, he was showing resistance. He also could have shown capacitance by having a deeper channel, like in certain places, because that would have fit It would have fit the same way with all the other mm-hmm. analogies that he did in that thing. Uh, but it was really cool. It gave... I thought I had a pretty good understanding of... Of of the electricity stuff, voltage is the the kind of the term that everybody knows. It's the weirdest part of the whole thing, though. Like it, it's the most universal part of it because it's the potential. So it is the thing that 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 crosses domains, if you will. But it's also the part that is like not as straightforwardly explainable. Yeah, because it's not because it. It requires gravity, first of all, for it to manifest in water. Yeah. But having voltage, like explaining how voltage is made and stuff, like a voltage drop over mm-hmm. a resistor and things like that, you know, just in electricity is like the other concepts that he covered, amperage and whatnot, were pretty straightforward. And then like, okay, now voltage. And like, he didn't make it difficult on purpose. It's yeah. it's a more complicated concept, well, which, also, is, I, I which that- I thought was... Real quick, I I just thought was curious because if you went on Family Feud and said, name an electricity term, voltage is going to be the top one. But it's kind of the mm. weirdest phenomenon of electricity, of the, of the core basic stuff. I mean, but, I guess I don't see it as weird, but that's because I'm, I'm more trained in thinking of potentials in different ways. But because you have a dipolar potential electricity it's harder to imagine than gravitational potential where it's just a hill right i mean that that is relatively easy but to to understand that there are two different potentials mm-hmm. uh and so i mean it gets complicated real real quick and i would not say that i'm at all like good at making circuits or anything like that i know i know the principles behind it but you know, my learning has gone in a different direction. So I'm not good at necessarily, I can explain things like potentials and, and use some of the analogies, but probably that. Well, like one of the experiments he it. did was he had some resistive wire, like the stuff that's in a toaster. Uh-huh. And he sampled the voltage potential to ground at different points along the wire. And it was linear, right? So halfway around the coil was half the voltage. Yeah. And he took the same wire and he put a resistor, a, re- a small resistor, but a resistor at the beginning or the end, wherever he put it. And it's like a dam in a river. It co- keeps the voltage 
high on the front side of the resistor and super low on the back side of the resistor, just like a dam in the river. And I was aware of voltage drop across resistors and stuff like that, but I never saw it. I Well, I never saw an experiment with resistive mm-hmm. wire. All the wires that you use in normal stuff is very low resistance. And when you're diagramming, you usually assume zero. Yeah, because you're only using several inches of right. wire and the resistance over that copper wire or aluminum wire is negligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but using the resistive wire and just throwing a tiny little resistor in there, it uh, it was a dam. Like, it was full voltage. Like, if you were one-third of the way through and you'd expect to lose one-third of the voltage, with a resistor beyond it, you have full voltage, even though the wire is still resistive. You know? should mention here Shannon fully checked out. Just- I'm sorry. I have, <laughs> it's I'm taking care of something for both of mm. us, actually, right now. <laughs> sorry. All right. So, um, as long as we're doing a sciencey thing, I mean, it's the perfect time, right? Yeah, we could um, we could do the, wrap the show and go to the post show and do the sciencey thing. If you All think right. that might be better, yeah. There's more oh. stuff I have to talk about, but so are I we guess done? It's all the beers I brought up. Do you want another beer? Mm. We could do the post show, and then we'll actually yeah. keep the show at like an hour. Yeah, well. Two. We probably don't have anything going on now tomorrow, so I'm taking care of that right now. Oh, the the photo shoot's canceled? Probably, Ooh. due to the weather. Oh. Forecast is not looking good for us. So I'm, so I'm letting everybody the, know. Let's do the shtick. All right. All right, well. Hmm. Hmm. Sure, this does throw this away. <laughs> Okay. Did not qualify. No, it did Nitro not. Pepsi. No. Oh, I wanted to. Oh, that, you can you rank can, it. You can rank it if you want you to. You do whatever you want. There's no rules. The only rule is there is no rules, and you have to rank. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there are rules. <laughs> All right. Uh, sure. Right. Like that. Kind of. I'm trying to decide if this is my order or not. (laughs) And. So, first of all, do we. Before we start ranking, I really want to know, like, it's really hard to put this one in there. Yeah. I I feel like we shouldn't be ranking this Allagash against the Oktoberfests because... Then don't. Just like you're not ranking the Nitro, you can... Or you are ranking the nitro. You can you can decide to not rank the Allagash. I mean, oh, oh, mm-hmm. I, I would say that the appears, Allagash, so Allagash has an unfair advantage over the others because. Well, that's that that's not how I would look at it. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll rank them think... all, but you got to put the Pepsi in there. <laughs> the suspense is killing. Where do you rank the Pepsi, Greg? Okay, I, all right. I'll rank the Pepsi, but it it will not be a part of my fuck Mary kill. That's that's the 
compromise. Oh, I'm killing that thing. It, it's too easy to kill the Pepsi. I mean, the Pepsi just sort of dies by association. It, it's it's already dead. <laughs> you can't you can't kill anymore. Um, yeah. Up, okay. So the Pepsi gets in last place, of course. In uh, right behind it, <laughs> right in front of it, just by order, is the Fatheads Oktoberfest. Because it was uh, just kind of a cracker, um, potentially spoiled, potentially, and and it just didn't it didn't have so much of what the other stuff had, all the other beers had. It was very disappointing because I yeah. expected more out of Fatheads. Still drinkable. Still, if you had it in a bar, you'd be fine with it. No, oh yeah, especially if it was happy hour and it was half yeah. price. I think to me, it's interesting that the two <laughs> fest beers rank pretty close to each other. I think the Sierra Nevada was the first one we had. It was, it was, I, I enjoyed it, but it was a little too sweet. I think it was, uh, just compared to the other stuff. I'm, I'm more, uh, a straight Martin guy. So I think that the Martins were going to win out for me either way. I'm going to put the Allagash in third place. I think it's, I mean, it's good. How much did you, do you know how much this one cost you? No, we bought. Too much. I think it was like $180 worth of beer from Allagash. It's uh, what, a 750 milliliter. Was that all it was? <laughs> it's, it's a 750 milliliter uh, bottle. And I'd say based on the content, it's worth, you know, about 20, 25 bucks. Um, yeah, you know, probably paid somewhere. Yeah. South it, 30. It's, but... a, it's a decent, it, you get the bang for your buck, I think. I think I was expecting more. I was expecting something with more pizzazz, with more character. This sort of felt uh, muted in a sense. I think that Brett can do that, but you work with Brett. I mean, that's the point. You, you if you're going to use Brett, you really uh, should understand Brett. So, I mean, I'm missing out on like the red wine barrel stuff. I think that, you kind of miss it. Um, then I'm going to go with the Helltown as the uh, second. And uh, the Trogues in first place. The Trogues was friggin' delicious. But the Helltown was really good, too. Like, those, that, like, dark kind of rye-like note was so good. Um, so, in essence, that's what I have. And Fuck, Mary Kill comes later after everybody else. So. Yep. Your turn, Shannon. My turn. I can go uh, if you want. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, Pepsi, last place. It's hard to find Second table to last room. place is the Fatheads. Um, same reason Greg said, what, right? It, take a picture. Wait, stop. Hold on. You got to yeah. get the picture before Pic- we start. The picture does help me when I do the show. Okay. Heads, so. All right. But I can still talk when you take but the picture. trying to get all of the shitty mess in the background. the picture. Out. I just look at it. <laughs> oh. Pictures are posted. No, no, Some of no. Them are. no only on our channel. Not, uh, not on. Uh, I haven't paid yeah, attention. There are secret channels in the Discord just for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Fatheads is in the last beer spot. It had this. Thi- well, I thought it could be this refreshing hot weather thing. It just didn't really fit what I was looking for in Oktoberfest. It might have been going spoiled. I don't know. And then I'm going to put in fourth place the Helltown. Uh, it was a little bit drier than I'm looking for. 
in Oktoberfest. I think that's the main reason compared to like the next place beer. Um, a little bit drier. I wanted a little bit more cracker and bread and stuff like that. Um, and it seemed like it was missing it a bit. I am going to put the Sierra Nevada in third place. Um, this is These are the beers I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, definitely would want to drink more of that. It had that kind of honey bread type flavor. Dug it. I am going to put the Allagash in second place. Really liked it. Um, Greg mentioned that it was muted or subdued. I think it brought it. I think, you know, you're getting, uh, got that strawberry early on. Now I'm getting kind of tart It did cherries. bring it enough, to be clear. It did bring enough mm-hmm. to be worth, like, you know. Yeah, you said like 25 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's a decent price point. Um, I enjoyed it. Shannon might want the rest of that. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um I think because it's an Oktoberfest show and also because Trogues is so damn good that it wins the first place. Would it win it if it wasn't an Oktoberfest show? I think it would. I really, it's, it's dead center in what I want in an Oktoberfest. I really enjoy it. Go Trogues. All right. Now, Shannon, you have nothing else. And you can put All no right. Pepsi in no first place. To place. I can. All right. Did you want to take a picture? So. Oh, yes. yes, you should probably do that. Please. Um, I, I don't think my I, phone's... I was, it's right there. Oh, here it is. I was writing while you were talking, but I think we might be the same. Not allowed. Change your order. Mm-mm. All right. All right. So in last place... If I'm not going to, okay, uh, I'll keep the Pepsi in there. So Pepsi's last. And then next we're going to go with the fat hits. It just, um, it's not an Oktoberfest. Didn't, it wasn't malty. Didn't have enough body. It, I don't know. It was just, I mean, like we talked about, it. it, it would be fine at a bar. I would enjoy it, but I, yeah, it's it's not what I would expect in Oktoberfest. So, um, and then I would go with Helltown. Um, again, I don't know. Do I have to give you all the reasons? I wrote them down, but if you uh, want to, if you don't, don't. Um, and then would be mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is because it is. I, 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 I liked it. I actually, we didn't bring this up and we, I thought about it, but we were on to something else. So I wrote it down, but I did get a hint of caramel in there mm-hmm. that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I really did like it, but it's up against some good ones. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, next we're going with the uh, Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. which I love. I really did. I really enjoyed it. Um. I love that sweetness, the bready, um, yeastiness too. Yeastiness, yeah. It's just it, very balanced. Um. The uh the top of the can says family owned, operated, and argued over. Argued over. I wonder what like the, family. Yeah. Um 
So if I have to keep Allagash in with the Oktoberfest, then I'm going to bring that one up to the second place. Um, and that's just because that the Trogues, telling you guys, if you can get your hands on it, you should definitely do it because that is what I am looking for in an Oktoberfest. Make sure you take a picture. Absolutely. They just high five and kiss. Yeah, no, we match. Yeah, the bears. Did we? Bears match. Yeah. Wow. In case it doesn't, in case the AI takes it out, they just high fived. (laughs) We did. We Uh, did. Take a picture so we have it. And although it's the same, but you know. Yeah, gotta have it. Gotta have it. The so fuck Mary kill relatively easy as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The Trogues is uh, is Mary because it's it's wonderful. But you never want to get tired of it, so you do want to marry it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, 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 fuck, I, I, I honestly would say to Helltown because of those caramel notes you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kill, it's going to be... Uh, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to you know come on to both the Pepsi and the uh, um, Fatheads, have them fight in a gladiatorial fight where clearly the uh, Fatheads will kill uh the nitro pepsi and then i'll just have you'll release the, the lion killed you'll have the so lions come it out. makes it real easy yeah. yeah i like it all right for me i'm going to marry the trogues i'm gonna fuck the allagash <laughs> and i'm gonna kill the fatheads awesome well we're well, it's it, you we're, the, we're the same. I, okay. I, I mean, I'm marrying Trogues. We're gonna have a menage a trois. <laughs> fucking the shit out of Allagash. In this house, polygamy works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing fatheads, but I'm really, 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 really killing that Pepsi Nitro because that shouldn't even be on a shelf anywhere for sale. All right, that was episode 513 of Craft Beer Radio. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. If you're not on our Discord, go to craftbeerradio.com and look for the link to join our Discord, because that is the fun place where we have all our fun people and we do fun things with them. You don't want to miss out on being in the fun place, do you? No. That's the fun zone. Mm. Fan zone, fun zone. There's chats going on right now. The zone zone. The zombie zone. uh, Hot dog beer. Ooh, hot, Basic wait. Brewing Radio just did a episode on Greg's uh, hot dog beer when he was in town for the World Beer Cup and uh, Chicago style hot like- dog beer. Yeah. Okay. So they're chatting about that right now on our Discord. I thought it'd be a beer made with hot dog water, like you get it in the. Ooh. <laughs> well, maybe you could make Chicago hot dog beer even better with hot dog water. Yeah. And we got uh, King Gizzard, the Lizard Wizard, here on the radio. Thank you. Uh, who was it? It was uh, Marinus. Marinus, yes. Thank you all. Bye-bye. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>